0: Greetings and salutations. Hello and welcome to this edition of Everyday Ignatian. We always begin each episode by reciting a prayer called the Angelus. If you are not familiar with the Angelus, that is okay because I've included the link in the show notes. So if you haven't done so already, I invite you to go into those show notes and open up that link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the episode. God bless you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Ghost, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the Incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may be brought, by his Passion and Cross, to the glory of his Resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Ignation. And today is Friday, the 16th of June, 2023, which is the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ, a great and glorious day indeed. Now, usually we begin this episode by with some kind of introduction, but we're going to begin today a little bit differently. See, there's a prayer out there that exists. We've been praying it throughout the month. And that is the Act of Reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We reciting, we've been reciting it at the end of every episode this month of June. And if you recite this prayer publicly today, you will actually receive a plenary indulgence. So if you, again, so to be clear, um, on every year on the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart, if you recite the Act of Reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus publicly. It will, uh, it will be granted a plenary indulgence. So we're going to begin today by reciting that prayer. And if you're not familiar with the prayer, or you like to, the actual text of it, you can find it in the show notes in that bit.ly link I included. So if you haven't done so already, I invite you to go into that bit.ly link, open it up, uh, open up that prayer to the uh, the act of reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus so that we can pray together. I will give you a few moments to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And let us begin with the sign of our faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. O sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before thine altar, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which thy loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask thy pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow thee, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the vows of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of thy law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against Thee. We are determined to make amends for the manifold offences against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behaviour, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violation of Sundays and holidays, and for the shocking blasphemies uttered against Thee and Thy saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which Thy vicar on earth and Thy priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of Thy divine love, and lastly for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and the teaching authority of the Church which Thou hast founded. Would, O Divine Jesus, we are able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for uh, for these violations of Thy divine honor the satisfaction Thou didst once make to Thine Eternal Father on the cross, and which Thou dost continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of Thy Virgin Mother, and all the saints, and of the pious faithful on earth. And we sincerely promise to make recompense, as far as we can, with the help of Thy grace, for all neglect neglect of Thy great love, and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth we will live a life of unwavering faith, of purity of conduct, a perfect observance of the precepts of the Gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending thee, and to bring as many as possible to follow thee. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to thee, so that we may all one day come to that happy home, for thou with the Father and the Holy Ghost, dost livest and, reign, livest and reignest God, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So that again was the act of reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And if you recite that publicly today, the Feast of the Sacred Heart, yeah, it will merit a plenary indulgence. And that's true every year. So today, since today is the Feast of the Sacred Heart, I want to talk about this concept I've been thinking about recently, and that is the sacred heartbeat. Uh, Traditionally, the the Feast of the Sacred Heart is celebrated with the liturgy, right? And so it's most fitting to talk about the sacred liturgy and how the sacred liturgy is, in many respects, the sacred heartbeat and its importance in our lives. So let's begin with this. I like to begin uh, by asking a question, and that is this. What is, liturgy? Kind of a tough question, right? What is liturgy? How, how would you define liturgy? Well, liturgy, in a very simple sense, is the expression of the truths of the sacrament, whichever sacrament it may be, through ritual. I'll say it again. Liturgy is the expression of the truths of the sacrament, whichever sacrament it may be, through ritual. So we are obviously most familiar with Eucharistic liturgies, right? Those are expressions of the truths of the Eucharist through ritual. Uh, There's also, but there's also baptismal liturgies, right? That's an expression of the truths of baptism through ritual. Marriage liturgies, ordination liturgies, so on and so forth, all reflect the truths of that sacrament, whichever sacrament it may be. And so in that respect, Liturgy is very much in the same category of painting, or sculpture, or music, or dance, or theater. What do I mean by this? Well, when an artist paints a painting, what's he trying to do? What is the artist trying to do? He's trying to express something that, is, uh, that cannot be adequately expressed with words. For example, maybe someone in his life died. He's trying to express grief. How do you express the heaviness and the weight of grief? right? Words can only go so far. So how do you express that? Uh, maybe he's overjoyed. Maybe he's, he's fallen in love. How do you express the, the, the jubilation and joy of love to someone who's never experienced it before or express it in a way that words cannot express? Because again, words can only go so far. Now, I will fully admit, I'm a writer. I love words, but even I will admit that words again can only go so far especially when it comes to expressing what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful, namely God himself. And that is where the rituals of liturgy come in. Ritual, in many respects, the rituals of the sacred liturgy are heartbeats. But specifically, they're the sacred heartbeats. And no different than any other heartbeat, this one too has a rhythm. And there is a political commentator and social commentator out there named Andrew Clavin. He's a wonderful, um, very very bright uh, very bright individual and he writes this this is about he talked spoke about uh, ritual one day and he says this he's a he's not a catholic he's a protestant but he says this and he hits it right in the money he says this quote i believe so much in ritual because all of us all of our lives are passages to god the point of your life is becoming that person you know you are supposed to be by emptying out all of the accidents of your life and letting something flow into you that is the spirit. Ritual helps you do that, because things that happen to, happen to your life get between you and God. What symbols do, what ritual does, is that it depersonalizes that passage. It says, I know, I know, life went wrong. Your father was abusive, but God is not abusive. Your mother abandoned you, but God will not abandon you. Come to the bread and wine. It has nothing but we will transform it. Through ritual, through prayer, through understanding, through concentration, we will transform that into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And soon you will begin to, to construct a world in which all of these material things will lead you back to God. You just have to show up, do the rituals, say the prayers, read the book. That's all you have to do. And day by day you will change. It will change you. And you will start to shed the personal things that have derailed you and have derailed that passage. Unquote. And Clavin got it right, exactly right. Right on the money. Ritual, again, according to Clavin, they they do just that. They're, They're a conduit to the divine majesty. The rituals of the sacred liturgy are conduits to the divine majesty. It is in the sacred liturgy that we find the sacred heartbeat, one that, like, the beloved disciple at the Last Supper, we as Catholic Christians are called to lean into the heart of our Lord and listen to that heartbeat, just as he did, because that sacred heartbeat continuously speaks to us. But what I like about Clavin's quote, too, is that it, he takes it a step further, because liturgy is not about us. He spoke about how it depersonalizes, right? Um, liter- and he's exactly right. I want to kind of build off of this with our discussion today. Because again, liturgy is not about us. It is about the Divine Majesty. That should be common knowledge. But unfortunately, that's not always the case, is it? See, we make the liturgy about us, oftentimes. Uh, During the pandemic, we saw firsthand what happens. There are these pictures that went viral. And these pictures are available in the, the post itself, the blog post itself on the website if you want to take a look. But we saw what happens when we make the liturgy about us right we think of the the versus popo liturgy popolo liturgies that are so common right uh where the priest faces the people well what happens when the congregation has gone and with those images went viral right of a priest celebrating mass in an empty church right compare and contrast that with liturgies that are say celebrated ad orientem right facing toward the altar not toward the people uh, facing you know with the uh with the priest facing the crucifix and not with his back to it the, those, I want to compare and contrast, right? Because, see, those liturgies that we that are you know, probably the most common today, they're very people centric. If you go to, say, those Versus Popolo liturgies or the traditional Latin Mass liturgies, they're not about us. They're not people centric, they're Christocentric. In other words, where one liturgy is about us, the other is about God Himself. To put it another way, Versus Popolo places the focus on our own egos. But ad orientem places the focus on the Sacred Heart, which is meek and humble, humility by definition being the emptying out of the ego. And again, those pictures are, which again, they went viral, are available on the website. But I bring this up, now to be very clear here, I want before I go any further, this is not a commentary about how Novus Ordo is not as good as the TLM or anything like that. Far from it, that is not the point of this discussion. Both TLM and Novus Ordo can and have been celebrated beautifully and with grace. A great example of this, and I've talked, spoken about them before, is the Oxford Oratory. Right? They the Oratorians of Oxford celebrate both the TLM and the Novus Ordo, but they do both of them exquisitely. In my mind, they have the best liturgies in the world, including Rome. They, they they are the they are the creme de la creme globally when it comes to how a liturgy ought to be celebrated, regardless of what rite it is. But this discussion is about something much bigger than that. And that is something much bigger than that. And that is who do we worship and how do we show it? Um, I I like to tell this kind of a story. This is um, about um, one time. um, It was St. Patrick's Day. And my family and I, we like to go to these historic churches in Detroit. We go to like a different one a week. Uh, We go to a few of them. And this one in particular, because it was the St. Patrick's Day parade, I'm a fourth degree Knight of the Knights of Columbus to clarify and I'm in their honor guard. And so I was going to be marching in the parade that day, but before we went, I went, I wanted to go to mass with my family at the church nearby, which happened to be an Irish parish. Um, I will not say who. uh, I'll not say the name of it for their sake, but it's in a, uh, a part of Detroit called Corktown. And there's this beautiful Irish church. Um, and the local Irish society was there and I didn't think much of it. Right well things began to change pretty quickly and i can laugh at this now but at the time i was ballistic um uh as if you know like during mass there's a time when you bring the gifts up to the altar right usually you don't think much of it, right maybe it's a family or some small kids or whatever but this particular parish decided to do something very very different and i swear to god this is real they brought it up the gifts with Irish step dancing. I wish I was lying to you right now. They were Irish step dancing in mass in front of the altar. And I don't know if you've seen video of Irish step dancing, but it looks, I hate to say it, ridiculous. It looks insane. It looks you know, it's like, um, what's, what's, uh, the, they're you know, their, their legs move independent from their bodies. I don't know how they do it, but it's not fitting for the liturgy, right? That's fitting for a dance hall, not the liturgy. And just when I didn't think it could get any possibly worse, it did. And they decided to start playing some bagpipes and bring the bagpipes in. Cause what the hell, right? Why not? So we had bagpipes and we have Irish step dancing at this church. And needless to say, I have not stepped back in that church since. Terrible mass, horrible mass, worst I've ever been to. But I say tell this story to illustrate a point. That was a mass that was not Christocentric. We weren't celebrating Christ at that mass, or at least the, the congregation wasn't. It was a it was a community gathering, right? No different than what would happen at your local YMCA or at your park or with a club or organization. It was just a chance to kind of get together and be Irish, and that's what the mass was about, which is false. It's totally false. It's BS. The liturgy, to quote the Second Vatican Council and to quote the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is the source and summit of the Christian faith. It is about the divine. But how did, that was not illustrated, right? Like, but how do we show that, right? So again, these kind of liturgical abuses, these, how a liturgy is celebrated in the concept of liturgical celebration, again, invites us to ask that question, who do we worship and how do we show it? The answer should be commonsensical, right? I'm a Christian. I worship Jesus Christ, right? That should be it. But if you're Irish step dancing for the altar, I have to ask you, do you? Do you worship Jesus Christ or do you worship yourself? Is this just some perverted egoism? And there's so many in a modern world that are like that, aren't there? So many in our world today whose actions speak louder than their words. And these men and women, I hate to say it, are Christians in name only. But as Catholic Christians and as sons and daughters of St. Ignatius, we are not called to elevate ourselves. Look at how awesome I am. Look at me. Look at how special I am. Oh, I'm a good person. I'm special. I have a talent or a gift. No, no. Remember the liturgy of the Sacred Heart, the lit the litany rather of the Sacred Heart, Heart of Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Meek, meek and humble, emptying out of the ego. We again, as Catholic Christians and as sons and daughters of Saint Ignatius, we are not called to, again to elevate ourselves and put ourselves on a pedestal. And sh- Put ourselves on center stage. No, no, we are called to make our hearts transform our lives and make our very selves like the heart of our Lord. We are to make our hearts like the heart of Jesus Christ. That is to say, our very the core of who we are. We are to transform that, in cooperation with God's grace, of course, into the heart of the divine majesty. And who is the divine majesty? Who is God? God is truth goodness and beauty itself in its purest and most unadulterated and most perfect sense. And what better way to do that than through the liturgy, a properly celebrated liturgy. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy upon us indeed. So that concludes today's episode of Everyday Ignatian. Thank you so much for joining us. Please pray for me and I will pray for you. And God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of Everyday Ignatian. We always close each episode by reciting a prayer called the Sushipe. It was written by St. Ignatius of Loyola himself five centuries ago. If you are not familiar with the Sushipe, that is okay, because I have included the link in the show notes. If you have not done so already, I invite you to go into the show notes and open up the link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us, and remember, cunque dixerit vobis facite do whatever he tells you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen take lord and receive all my liberty my memory my understanding and my entire will all that i have and possess You have given all to me. To you, O Lord, now I return it. All is yours. Dispose of me wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace, for this is enough for me. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Act of Reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus Partial Indulgence Plenary Indulgence, if recited publicly, on the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before thine altar, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which thy loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask thy pardon, and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow thee, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the vows of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of thy law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against thee. We are determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent for the frequent violation of sundays and holidays and for the shocking blasphemies uttered against thee and thy saints we wish also to make amends for the insults to which thy vicar on earth and thy priests are subjected for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of thy divine love and lastly for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which thou hast founded would o divine jesus we were able to watch away such abominations with our blood we now offer in reparation for these violations of the of thy divine honor the satisfaction thou didst once make to thine eternal father on the cross and which thou dost continue to renew daily on our altars we offer it in union with the acts of atonement of thy virgin mother and all the saints, and of all and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can, both with the help of Thy grace, for all neglect of Thy great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unwavering faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise, to the best of our power, to prevent others from offending Thee. And to bring as many as possible to follow thee. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to thee, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where thou with the Father and the Holy Ghost livest and reignest in God, world without end. Amen.